Welcome, my genuine people. Thank you for tuning in to Genuine Talks. I'm your host, Jennifer Harris. I'm a writer, teacher, a nonconformist Gemini, as well as a healer through words. Here on Genuine Talks, we discuss topics that promote healing, helping others to recognize your inner power while also getting back to their genuine, authentic self. Expect new episodes every other week. Genuine Talks can be heard on all podcast platforms. You can find me on Instagram at Genuine Poetry. That's genuine with the J. Feel free to leave your thoughts in the comment section. Also, check out GenuinePoetry.com and sign up for your weekly newsletters, including reminders, prompts, and affirmations. Welcome back to Genuine Talks. This episode covers the topic of mental health, what an unhealthy mentality may look like, what are the signs, and how we can honor mental health with our community. I am with my special guest today, joined by Miss Coco Moscato, and she is also an advocate for mental health. So we're just going to get right into it. So first of all, let me say thank you so much for having me here. (laughs) I am very excited. I absolutely love your podcast. Thank you. And thank you for coming and flying in, (laughs) because by you flying in, it makes me feel like you actually believe in what I do and what we stand for. So thank you so much. Also before we get into it, it's Miss Moscato's birthday today. Shout out <laughs> to the birthday girl. We're going to turn Thank it tonight. You. Yeah, tonight is going down. It's going down. So we got to get into it. Um, you're an advocate for mental health, and I fully stand by that. And uh, just before we get started, let the people know what do you do and how did you get into actually getting into mental health? So my name is Coca Moscato, as she said, and I am changing the norm around mental health. Um, I feel like nobody is making it their business to create a safe space mm-hmm. when it comes to mental health, especially with diagnosis. Um, it's kind of a hidden thing. If you have a diagnosis, it's not talked about. So when you do finally be diagnosed with something, you don't even know where you can go to get support. Right. And I actually was sexually assaulted. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a model and when I went to therapy Mm -hmm. during my time there um, I got diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and yeah and I had no idea what that meant (laughs) before you go further is that different from bipolar or is it the same exact thing it's actually different so bipolar is more so um, a day to day like your, your time of split emotions or heightened emotions is over a course of days versus borderline personality is over a course of minutes. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So you might have someone that's bipolar. Like one day you see them, they're cool. Next day, you know, they're not or, you know, whatever they got going on. But with someone that has borderline personality disorder, they suffer from heightened emotions very quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's what the main difference between borderline personality and bipolar is. Oh, wow. Yeah. You sure you don't want to blame it on the fact you're an Aries? <laughs> you don't want to do that? No, nah, we ain't go to that. <laughs> that we, Aries get blamed for enough stuff. <laughs> well, I would. I'm a Gemini. I'll claim it. But um, so getting into that, um, are you also involved with helping? Is it like a particular group when you think, uh, well, when you help 
far as mental health? Um, is it like just adults? Is it adults and children or is it just children? So actually, when I first started my mental health journey to help others, I hadn't even been diagnosed yet. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this was something that I was very passionate about before even being diagnosed. So when I got diagnosed, I was like, well, there go all my dreams. How can I help people when I'm, I'm crazy, apparently? Yeah. So, right. so um, actually, yeah, I started off with working with children, okay, um, helping them understand their emotions, how to process big, big feelings, you mm-hmm. know, things of that nature. And then once I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, that's when I said, oh, wow. I don't, I can't find anything online. I can't find a support group. I can't find, you know, anything that would be helpful for me on this new journey. So I'm going to do it. I don't blame you. Yeah. Create your own platform. Stand by it fully. Yep. 100%. (laughs) Um, So basically it was your calling before you even realized Mm -hmm. it was your calling. Mm -hmm. That's And when I actually got diagnosed, I kind of felt like, well, now I know what's wrong with me or, mm-hmm. or, you know, what's going on with me. Now it makes sense. At least I have something to blame it on now. Right. Like now I can put it with a reason. And I think it was so confusing for me for a long time because, you know, we kind of just throw around terms all the time. Right. Like, oh, she bipolar. You know, oh, she just, you know. Right. And so I just thought maybe I was bipolar, mm-hmm. every, you know, moody. I don't know. I, I didn't know exactly what was going on with me. So, it kind of was a full circle moment for me, and mm-hmm. I just didn't know what to do next. Like, okay, I know, I know, I'm crazy now. Now what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I got dark humor, and I'm laughing so hard because uh, my mom's diagnosed with schizophrenia, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, dang, she's gonna go crazy on me. Like, that's what we do now. Yeah, I have that for. <laughs> I I think it's a coping mechanism yeah, for me, most definitely. But um, as far as um. What you experience as far as mental health, do you think that stemmed from childhood trauma or do you, I guess, recognize it as something that's a generational curse? Oh. And you're, you basically had that calling to help those with mental health issues and maybe that's your way of breaking the curse and you just so happen to be diagnosed at the same time. That's a very good question because actually I... Spiritually, mm-hmm. I definitely think that it's linked with generational trauma. Mm-hmm. And actually, um, medically, mm-hmm. borderline personality disorder is results of a narcissistic parent. Yes. So studies are still being done. There's still things being found out about what it's linked to. Um, because also you got to keep in mind, who's going to pay for all of this research to be done if mm-hmm. there's no cure or no medicine that they're prescribing for that. There's no money in that. So they're not looking to have studies done. They're not looking to have research created or, you know, helpful inf- information that we might need. Right. Because it's no money in it. Mm. So kind of just stuck. You're kind of just alone when you're diagnosed with that type of disorder. When you say medication, do you uh, prefer... I guess, what is it, Western medication? Mm-hmm. Or do you believe that there's a holistic route to the cure for mental health? Or is it straight uh, spiritual inward work? What do you believe on that? Everybody is different. Right. I'm more of a spiritual being. I feel as if everything that I need is within me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm the same. Yeah, so I get so, it. Yeah. Yeah. So I turn more so to... Um, herbs and meditation, journaling, just um, anything for personal development. Mm-hmm. Because although I do have such a, a such a serious diagnosis, it's also more manageable 
that I it's important that I understand myself. Right. That's where the healing kind of comes from. Mm-hmm. And so Western medicine, I feel like it suppresses what's going on with you. And this is kind of a little off topic, but I feel like some diagnosis are actually spiritual gifts. I do too. I believe it's a superpower, mm-hmm. but majority of the population is um, scared to tap into that. Mm-hmm. So we go seek help, yeah. um, thinking it's the right thing to do, but they shove um, medicine in our body to block that or inhibit that awakening. Yeah, because I feel like oh, the diagnosis sometimes is a little overwhelming and mm-hmm. I tell, I tell people all the time, I wish therapy taught you why you think the way that you do. So if you have a diagnosis, they say, oh, your brain does this because of this. That would make so much more sense instead of talk therapy where you just sit there telling what, what went on today, what pissed you off, what hurt you, you know, what trauma you trying to heal from. Like, I feel like it would just be more beneficial if we had conversations and understanding about why you're like this, why it's like this chemically, hormonal, or, you know, all the things that play a big part in it. They do have this information, so why not give this to the people that's actually suffering from these diagnoses? Mm -hmm. I was um, a part of a panel, and they spoke about how the brain waves and how the just very deep stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if they just told us, oh, Borderline personality, this triggers you because of this. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, now I know how to handle this. It makes more sense, but that's not how it works. That's not how it works at all. They usually give you some medication. It suppresses whatever you got going on. You're not as tapped in. You become a zombie, Mm -hmm. depending on what kind of, you know, medication it is as Mm -hmm. well. And it's just like you don't get to know yourself even more and learn how to utilize what's going on with you in the right manners. And I'll use this as an example. Autistic children, Mm -hmm. smartest people. I agree. You will ever come across. Yeah. They can look at something and know exactly how it's wired Mm -hmm. or what's what's going on with it, if something's wrong with it. Mm -hmm. Like, amazing people. And for some reason, everybody thinks, oh, you know, autistic kids are bad, they're crazy, they're to this, to that, it has it has horrible stigma around it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's fair because the truth of the matter is they're the most brilliant people you'll ever meet. In in their own way mm-hmm. and then also in different areas. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They. Um, I also think um, that, well, I think that they, they I'm not going to say push, but they have certain people working with, autistic kids mainly because their parents don't know how to deal with it because they're considered normal mm-hmm. and autistic kids are not so they don't really know how to handle mm-hmm. their superpower and it's I believe to me I think that autistic kids are like everything is heightened like yeah. times 10 whether it be like physical touch or a sound yeah. or something that they see everything is just heightened and mm-hmm. it's just too much and basically this world is just too basic yeah oh for sure for <laughs> too sure basic for sure because even with me when i'm walking down the street um i'm always thinking of my next step or what's the best route to take and it's with little things which foot to step with first mm-hmm. with and, and that's ocd um i haven't been diagnosed but uh, oh by the way i am certified in mental health studies that's mm-hmm. suicide substance abuse and um violent behavior so with that being my area of expertise um 
you kind of, you have a class that you take with that, and mm-hmm. it tells you about all of the diagnosis, what type of medication, tranquilizers. They get real deep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I found out that a lot of them are linked to each other. So can you elaborate? Sure. So um, some people that have bipolar disorders, you it's common for them to have another diagnosis as well because they're, some diagnoses are very similar. Mm-hmm. And so what they do is it's kind of like being on the spectrum. You know how? Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like that, but diagnosis-wise. So people that have borderline personality disorder, um, they ask you for your parents' Um, do they have any mental health problems? Because that helps them understand what else you may also have. You mm-hmm. see what I mean? Because it, it could be genetic as, as well. So if you diagnose with one thing, a lot a of possibility times, of another. That, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like if you have a parent that suffers from like like you schizophrenia, mm-hmm. um, oftentimes they do recommend that you get therapy or some type of evaluation done as well because it will show in you or your children. Well, let me go get a <laughs> check ASAP, please. <laughs> no, I said it because um, I literally um, attended therapy like three times mm-hmm. voluntarily though okay. but that's because um I was never diagnosed but I like self-diagnosed and I was very depressed mm-hmm. from like when I was um I would say uh middle school all the way up I would say until college and I guess until when I decided to seek help yeah. and I guess it came off in many different forms I had anxiety but I I would say I learned to control it mm-hmm. but I notice now that my anxiety, it doesn't stem from like me hyperventilating or crying 24 seven or yeah. just passing out on the floor in a ball mm-hmm. or whatever, or just like jitters. Mine is irritation. Yeah. Like I oh, get, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get irritated quick. Mm-hmm. And then once the irritation starts, that's when I'm just like, you know what? And I'm like, <laughs> and I get so flustered yeah. and I kind of shut down, but I kind of force myself to keep going during the shutdown, yeah. which makes me even more irritated. Yeah. So I, I agree that it does stem from like one thing, but um, with my mom being schizophrenic, and I do, I did hear at one point that it does skip like it does. generations. It skips, yeah. So me, and then I also heard that um, I don't know how true this is, but if it's uh, my, like say for instance my mom schizophrenic, if she was to have a son then more than likely he would have got it. Or, like, if the dad is yep. something wrong with the dad, that the daughter would have it. Yeah. So what they do is they look at maternal, like, uh, which parent, basically, right. has whatever, you know, diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And then that determines what to look for in the child. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times if your parent is diagnosed with something and they're actually getting help, a part of their help is to have you seek therapy or, you know, be enrolled in therapy also so that you can learn yourself as well. Mm-hmm. And for children, the therapy is completely different. And right. I love that. I love that um, they have different type of therapists for different needs. And for children, I think it's a little bit helpful, more so because it's earlier. It's mm-hmm. called earlier. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you kind of have a, a healthier support system versus when you're an adult, you're trying to self-diagnose yeah. and self, yeah. like, come up with coping skills. When when you're a child, you get to get ahead of it, you know, early on. So, like, when you get when you get big emotions, I want you to take your hand and put one finger in, in the palm of your hand and squeeze it. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Now this child has a coping mechanism that or coping skill that actually helps them calm down versus you've made it to 20 years old and now you're throwing back beers every night. <laughs> <laughs> So it's all about 
getting ahead of it. Uh-huh. And I think that, unfortunately, mm-hmm. they don't always bridge the gap mm-hmm. to make sure that the children are also, you know, getting the help that they need because... If you don't get the help you need, you're you, suffering. You're suffering. Right. And, and like you said, it started for you in middle school and mm-hmm. it went all the way into college until you seeked help. Imagine if you would have got help in middle school. Imagine if someone would have sat you down and actually tried to figure out what are what are good coping skills for you. Mm-hmm. You know, anxiety, anxiety didn't end up ruling your world because for a lot of people, everybody kind of suffers from something. Whether so they want to, you know, be diagnosed yeah. or if it's that serious or not mm-hmm. isn't really the point. It's really just about knowing what you need, mm-hmm. catering to your needs and your emotions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just push it off like, oh, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm on my cycle or hormonal or, you know, life life got a lot of stuff coming to you, you know. <laughs> so. I, I, I agree. And I think a lot of people push their uh, emotions to the side because they never had a safe space. Yeah. I do believe that. and Especially in the black community. That Yeah. Yeah. I give you something to cry about. <laughs> you know, like, it's just so ridiculous. Uh, yeah. A lot of the ways that we were brought up, and yeah. it wasn't a safe space at all. Therapy? Mm-hmm. Mental health? No yeah. way. We're, we're not taking that serious. Go go wash the dishes. You yeah. know, like, it's just, unfortunately, there wasn't a safe space for a lot of us growing up with any type of mental anything. Yeah, I agree. I know uh, with my kids, I, like, try to create a safe space. But if my child coming to me telling me her foot is hurting at 10 o'clock at night and it's hurting with her heart, I'm I'm not trying to hear that. So I don't know if that's like not creating a safe space because of her foot, but it ain't nothing wrong with you. I know yeah. that. <laughs> but I agree. Black people need more um, of a safe space yeah. to be able to talk about feelings, being able to express those feelings in a healthy way. And also just a, a bigger and a more supportive community. Maybe it could be, you know how, um, like, if you were little, little, you go to, what is it, like the rec center. Oh, yeah, yeah, They should, like, start a program, I believe, for that, you know, instead of mainly focusing on sports. Because mm-hmm. all kids probably don't want to take out their emotions through sports. Mm-hmm. It could be through other creative. Art. Exactly. Other creative outlets or just simply, you know, figuring out what fits them and their character and their spirit yeah. to find that outlet. Well, I'm glad you said that because since you're a mother, this is so much easier because mm-hmm. you can see within your children how each of them are different. They are, yeah. You, I have three children, and I can be a gentle parent to two of them. That last one? <laughs> Kaden? I have to be a little bit more stern with him. Of course, still from a loving place, mm-hmm. but gentle parenting doesn't completely work for him mm-hmm. and that's okay he, he's a little bit more creative he mm-hmm. wants to push the limits and explore a little bit more than my other two children and I feel like with mental health they don't create that safe space for each individual child exactly. and person it's like a one fit yeah it's like a one fit all oh, take this medicine mm-hmm. and then if that medicine doesn't work we're gonna switch you to this and mm-hmm. if that doesn't work we're gonna switch you to this until we find what works yeah. versus actual skills and coping like oh let's try painting let's Mm -hmm. see if that calms you down let's see what that does to your nervous system you see what I'm saying like that would be so so much beautiful we probably see our children do so much better Mm -hmm. in school within their their um communication just Mm -hmm. so many different ways and I, I really would love to see that I even love the idea you just said like just different ways to cater to different people. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because nobody is the same and nobody – like a lot of kids, um, some people love school mm-hmm. and school isn't for everybody. But – Perfect I, example. Yeah, I don't I don't really go with the idea of like, oh, everybody got to go to school to, you know, make it in life or how they have children complete school, the same curriculum for the mm. maximum what, of like 12 years yeah. maybe in school. Like why can't you just like why won't they like create tests to like you know like test placement the kids? tests yeah. yeah to see if they're more like should be more artistic or more um, academic yeah. because I believe like in my three kids the one year old I'm not sure what her thing is yet mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. but um my seven year old she's way more into academics and um you know reading and writing and so I have to find like creative ways to keep her engaged in the book mm-hmm. so I like have to you know talk to her like oh what is this or just create an on the pages yeah. yeah create a story that doesn't even exist in the, in book, the book itself yes oh wow that's yeah. amazing yeah and I also well me and my husband noticed the day that my four-year-old she actually painted her feet <laughs> like perfectly what? like I should have took her to the um the, to get a pedicure with me because <laughs> she did it perfectly yeah and not to compare, but the seven-year-old husband was like, oh, all right. But the four-year-old <laughs> was like, oh, my God. Yeah. But I can see the artistic mm-hmm. ways in her more than the seven-year-old, but that's just, like, how they are. They're not the same. Yeah. So they should just figure out placement tests to, like, you know, to figure out what kid is, like, interested in what and have them focusing on that more. I think they kind of leave that to the parents um, because then that's more money for the school systems that need to be done. These tests need to be conducted a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's it just... It, if it's not making them money, if the, if it's not beneficial to the actual, you know, like, yeah. I don't think that they care. And I feel like it's up to the parents because white <laughs> people get the luxury or, or people that come from a background of money and luxury. Right. They get to put their children in these charter schools where that type of stuff goes on. Right. They yep. actually have these different programs where individual needs are met. Mm-hmm. And so... It's not about a black or a white thing. I'm just saying what's normal in mm-hmm. this community and culture versus ours. And um, unfortunately, it's just not balanced. Mm-hmm. Not that it needs to be, but I just think it would be nice if we had the same things. resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that's the word. The same, same resources. resources. Yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, if not the exact same, then the resources that fit, you know. Yeah, I feel you. I get you. <laughs> So um, what what does an, um, an unhealthy and healthy mindset look like based on your perspective and experience? You like change the difference. You change your perspective, you change your life. I promise mm. you that. Your mental health should be just as important as your physical health. Right. And I tell everybody that because you get a cough, you get a little something in your throat, mm-hmm. you run into some halls mm. or ginger ale. I mm. see y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and if we took that as our mental health is as serious as we take our men- our physical health, mm-hmm. you would see a change in your life because they do go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. If you're not right, if you're not feeling good within, it alters your perspective of yourself, of mm-hmm. others. Like, think about it. People mirror you or project all the time mm-hmm. and that's unhealthy mm-hmm. that's unhealthy and they don't even know that they're they doing don't. it and they mm-hmm. should be telling on themselves tell it yes because if you're you have a healthy mind and you have he- healthy practices you can spot out someone that's yeah. projected instantly yeah and so that's the kind of like the difference between having a healthy mindset perspective on life and yourself and not mm-hmm. because 
but with children it is different with children it's yeah, different they're still it. figuring it yeah. out yeah so with adults they though, don't have an excuse yeah yeah so we know the deal <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so with adults it's a lot different because you have to be ready to face the person in the mirror but that's what a lot of adults don't do they're not ready for it and, and it's scary and actually you know also with women black women i work with a lot of black women mm-hmm. um they don't know where to start well that goes back to um i believe that resources. goes back to resources mm-hmm. and safe spaces yeah oh and yeah i think um it's harder for people in the black community in general to just have a safe space like you said mm-hmm. but i think it's even harder for black women mm-hmm. because you know you know how the podcast be talking about, oh, the masculine is feminine energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. And then, like, oh, we get pushed. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, but they, like, it's some truth to yeah, that oh, extent sure. when it comes to that. And I think that has somewhat to do with it. But also, like, you know, um, how black women are viewed as fast little girls when we little. And it's just like, I mean, it was twerking. Or doing a crybaby, but it's dancing. It's dancing. <laughs> yeah, why we're is way it more sexualized. Creative. Exactly. You're, like, why? As a child, you should not be saying, "Oh, she's gonna be fast." Yeah. Why do you see her in that light? Yeah. Nothing has ever pissed me off more mm-hmm. than how adults do that to little girls, little black girls. Yeah. That it's ridiculous because I get what they mean. Cause I have a daughter. I have a daughter, mm-hmm. and when you look at them, you don't want someone else to that, ha- that has an unhealthy mind to look at them like, oh, that ass gonna be fat, or 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 you know, uh, you know, she gonna grow up and be, you know, yeah. you don't want that. So I I kind of not I understand, but there's a protection part of it, and you have to have a healthy mind to know what you're actually looking out for when you are saying certain things about your children. Mm -hmm. But to go back to the masculine and feminine energy, I ain't gonna lie, I just came out of my masculine energy. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. (laughs) I mean, I love talking about it, but I mean, you know, just hearing other I don't know. Sometimes they do it weird. Stupid. Yeah, they they do it weird. Stupid. I feel like you can't speak from a place that you are in or haven't made it out of. Yeah. So, like, for me, since this is something that I've actually experienced um, operating in my masculine energy because mm-hmm. I didn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. I was going through, you know, whatever type of trauma growing up that kept me in and that energy. And you haven't healed it yet And didn't heal so, it, right. Yeah. And so now, completely different. People experience me completely different. So you might meet somebody, you know, they know me from back, back then. But you're and not like, the same you. And I'm not the same me. Yeah. Because I'm operating in my feminine energy. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people c- completely grasp what that truly means. Well, according to... Uh, Podcast Central. Yeah, that <laughs> and, you know, social media yeah. it's all about dressing cute. No, 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 no. I, I know it's, I don't believe that. Yeah. I started to say, shit, but I'm not supposed to be cussing because I said this was a not explicit. Right, right, right. But whatever. Um, we won't edit that part. Yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, I mean, you know, it's, you know, the aesthetics of yeah. it. And it's just like, no, it's really, it really is like internal work. It's internal and work, shadow work. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You have to dig through. You honestly, I think to like get into your feminine energy or whatever, you have to, um, you have to realize like where you put your masculine energy at, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you have to like, kinda, I, I would say like kind of force yourself out of it. Not force, but like figure out the issue as to why. Once you figure out the why, then you figure out how you're gonna get out of it, and then but you have to keep that commitment to like stay out of it mm-hmm. and like like you know 
ground yourself. You have to stay grounded into your feminine energy. That's just what I think. Yeah, because um, for me personally, I grew up with a single mother. Mm-hmm. And I seen her get, oh, I was going to cuss my bad. <laughs> get things done. I want to hear we bleep it out. <laughs> Could we? Or whatever you want to do. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Yay, we can cuss. <laughs> grew up with a single mother uh-huh. I seen her get shit done I had a love there was never a time where we didn't have something uh-huh. because she couldn't go get it mm-hmm. whatever we needed we had it uh-huh. and growing up seeing that made me feel like I had to be the, the same the same because that's what in your eyes that's what you saw a woman to be mm-hmm. and that's what it's like oh that's what it takes to be a woman that's mm-hmm. what a woman is mm-hmm. I mean I mean uh Okay, so right before my mama went cuckoo, um, it was my mom, my dad, and me. But my dad was like, he was like from job to job. Mm-hmm. He was an, he's an alcoholic, mm-hmm. and basically my mom like was the primary breadwinner in the house. You know, we stayed in the projects. And girl, you know, I was like, <laughs> I was like twenty five years old when I realized how much it costs to stay in the project. Mm-hmm. And because <laughs> 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 it sounds so, God damn, they was cheap and oh, po. Yeah. But no, so like me and my husband was talking about how he grew up watching like Nickelodeon mm-hmm. and shit. And I'm just like, oh, in my mind, I mean, I, he finna know now. But in my mind, I'm just like, well, goddamn, I, I can't say I experienced that. What you watch? PJs. PBS. Oh, 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 okay, okay. That was a good window. <laughs> Me too. It was, Me too. It was PBS, UPN. Uh, what was it? The WB with the frog. Uh, yeah. And okay. It was something else. But we didn't have cable. But mm-hmm. then, I'm like, I asked my sister. I was like, why we ain't never get cable? Mm-hmm. And then, because she, she ended up telling me, like, no, like, rent was probably, like, $50. dollars $50. Wow. Y'all can't get no cable. You know what? I be wondering the same thing. You working two jobs or you doing this and that. Why we couldn't? You know what I'm saying? Like, why was there such a long time that we went living like this? It, it was like they had a lack mindset. But that that was so irrelevant. But it was just funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, like, so the point was, my mama, she, uh, she was working. And I remember she stayed with a job. Mm-hmm. And we also didn't have a car. So she used to walk to work. Oh, wow. And... Like, sometimes my daddy would walk with her. Sometimes he wouldn't. Sometimes I would walk with him and her so we can make sure she get to work on time. And when I tell you, that lady, and now that I think about it, how far that goddamn walk was, oh, my God. That walk had to be by at least 30 minutes. And she did that shit every day, faithfully, whenever she had to go to work. And my dad is just at home getting drunk. So wow. it's just like, that's what I saw my mama, like, you know, that's what I grew up watching and seeing my mama doing or whatever. And, you know being a kid and it's storing in my mind and like you know making this ingrain i guess i kind of thought that's what a woman yeah. is supposed to do and you know you just don't know that yeah. you're taking in the information yeah. and oh. it's actually getting stored but then yeah he's just at home chilling so i get yeah my mama was always operating in her masculine energy mm-hmm. and i think honestly that had a lot to do with her actually um you having know, her break her breakdown because mm-hmm. she had a breakdown wow. like it was bad and but i also think that was like her spiritual awakening yes and she was yes. it was like a confliction yep. of like the spiritual Jerome world and, and the yep. physical and it was clashing and she just didn't know what to do yeah so she went about i think went. it's so important for children to have a to witness their parents in a 
equally yoked you know Me relationship too. yeah shout out shout out to to my kid's dad we have a very great relationship and i'm so thankful for that because that in itself is breaking generational it curses is. you know it is. whether we you know work it out or don't mm-hmm. it's still a, a safe a space for them to too. witness yeah because like you said they're taking in all that information mm-hmm. and whether we want to admit it or not kids be on game they do they know what's going on they do yeah <laughs> and so back to what you were saying though um, I remember when my mom actually had her um, awakening. Mm-hmm. It was very, very beautiful. Really? Very beautiful. Mm-hmm. I remember we were sitting in the car. She said, I want to try something. I said, what, girl? What you got? <laughs> she said, I want to try and prophesy it to you. <laughs> I ain't got time for this shit. <laughs> I ain't got time for this shit. <laughs> And um, <laughs> she prophesied to me, uh-huh. and she said, and I kid you not, this I'm going to say this right now just so that it's on record, uh-huh. <laughs> but she said, I saw you, and you were recording yourself with, with a camera and a phone, and you were taking picture of your clothes, you were laying them out, and mm-hmm. people was, like, watching you, but online, and this was... Before TikTok and Instagram, this was way before Instagram even. Mm -hmm. So when she said it, I was like, okay. I'm thinking, okay, maybe I should start YouTube. I love Jackie. Jackie, back in the day, if you're a real Jackie stand, then you know what I'm talking about. I don't know who that is. She'll make, she did, did makeup and stuff. But, um. Girl, has got into makeup this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you, you, <laughs> I don't you know, know who Jackie is. is. <laughs> but, uh, she told me all of this stuff, and I was just like, Okay, mm-hmm. okay. And she said other things as well. But in that moment, it wasn't true yet. Right. But that's what a prophecy is. Right. It's it's way in advance. You never know if it's a year from now, two years from now, what. Mm-hmm. And um, she told me, she was like, and like later later in life, she's like, you're going to have a, a child with someone that you never would have expected and at that time, I had only had my daughter, mm-hmm. and I was like, "You out of your rapid ass mind if you think I'm gonna have another baby? Mm-mm, I ain't doing that again." <laughs> got and him. got yeah, got him, <laughs> got him. <laughs> and so I did go on to meet someone, which is my children's dad, uh-huh. and that's someone that I would have never seen myself going after or having relations with um, because of who I was in that time. But her giving me that word, telling me what she saw. Because she was basically what I'm saying is she started receiving visions. Right. And she started telling me what her visions was. Mm -hmm. We would go into a store and someone would walk by her and she would get a vision. And I was. Oh, so is she? Oh. Yeah. Oh. It was like she was on the spot. I can call her right now. And uh-huh. she can tell you about yourself. I swear to you. Call I swear. Her. I swear <laughs> to you. I swear to you. She has this gift for real. Uh-huh. And I think it's so cool. I always used it as like my my magic weapon. Uh-huh. I would bring my friends over. Anybody that I grew a loving to and I wanted them to understand themselves or have something that, that kind of gave them some type of motivation or understanding. I would be like, I want you to meet my mom. Mm-hmm. And she would sit there quiet. She always tell me, don't tell me nothing about them. They're not, like nothing. I don't want to know anything. So mm-hmm. when I meet them and I tell them whatever God tell me or whatever I see, you know, it's they know that it's genuine. And the way that she does it is she can tell you things that me and you haven't talked about. She I can tell Yeah, she can tell you things that you've only prayed to God about. Mm-hmm. And so you know for sure 
that it's not something she just pulled out of her tail. And I just thought that was so fascinating. She, I remember this one time she um, met this lady in, in the grocery store. She did this all the time. Y'all ain't gonna lie, it pissed me off all the time. Like, we can't just come <laughs> get eggs and leave, for real. <laughs> and um, this lady walked past her, and she was like, hey, how you doing? Uh-huh. And I was like, oh. and she was like they got to talk and she was like do you mind if i pray with you Uh and 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 this this wasn't as as cool or relevant or popular then now we're seeing more um psychics more people that can do that type of reading (laughs) no not astrology (laughs) but but everybody kind of now has that type of you know that type of vibe and um she told this lady she saw her dead in the hotel room. Wow, what? Oh, my God. Traumatized me. I've thought about that lady every single day uh-huh. after that day. Uh-huh. And, and I could cry right now because I hope she's okay. Yeah. And she told, she, she cried and she told my mom, she said, she goes to hotels. Mm-hmm. She meets men, mm-hmm. takes them to the, her room, their room. Mm-hmm. She do what she do. And... All the pieces started to connect. Yeah. yeah. And my mom just prayed for her, told her, you know, be careful. Mm-hmm. Choose your whatever you got going on. Choose it. Choose it more wisely, mm-hmm. you know, because I saw this. We didn't know this lady. Mm-hmm. My mom didn't know her. Right. And so for the woman to cry and be like, wow, you know, this is what I do. I'm, I'm a scammer or whatever she, you know, whatever the conversation mm-hmm. was, was amazing to me. And I think about it all the time. Me and my mom don't really have a strong like a close relationship and I, I used to pray all the time and say God why did you give me the parents that you gave me and it wasn't until like a month ago mm-hmm. he answered me what, what I needed to be able to see that certain things are real her spiritual gifts that she has oh they're okay. real these things that I have because my diagnosis make me feel crazy mm-hmm. I ain't got just borderline personality that's just my favorite one mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I thought I was crazy I thought that when I get visions I thought I was I thought I was crazy yeah I seen my mom do it but I wasn't I have her in my head spiritually up here mm-hmm. she can do it like I like I said I can call her she can do it right now and so I had her up here, and I wasn't thinking that I could also be there. I was just thinking, oh, all my screws loose. Yeah. <laughs> so he allowed me to see this firsthand that these are real gifts from God mm-hmm. or whoever you, you know, yeah, your yeah. higher priority yeah. Yahweh, whoever. Shout out to him. <laughs> <laughs> whoever you Whatever, yeah, whatever your name is. Yeah. <laughs> and you so, know. yeah, you know who you is. <laughs> and so he allowed me to see that firsthand because you can't operating your gifts if you don't believe in them right if you doubt yourself Mm -hmm. if you have any sort of doubt about what you're capable of Mm -hmm. it's not going to work and in my family they seen it as a curse Mm -hmm. I have an auntie my bad um she can see she can see dead people and I know it sounds crazy I I always said uh, I would not want that. That's what I, I say. I'd be cussing them out. Like, what you want? Why you yeah. even here? Why are you here? You gonna pay a bill? Like, right. What's up? Yeah. You gonna have? Yeah. <laughs> and they have gifts that I I don't have that gift. Um, I see death on people. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, what I see death on people. Like, yeah. uh, elaborate. So, um, this is also why I love what I do mm-hmm. because. It's like I can see people's soul. Oh, like yeah. the uh, aura, May, the aura, like the color. Do no, no, no. Like, it's okay. not. It's not an aura thing. It's more so of. Um, 
it's hard to explain, honestly. So, so I'll see people who are battling depression or something like that, and I'll see death on. I, I, I can't explain what it looks like because mm-hmm. it's it's an internal understanding, right? And so I'll see that, and I know exactly what to what to how to how to connect with them because. You go and you people feel different things in depression and they don't even know that they're depressed. Yeah. High functioning depression is real. Mm-hmm. And so imagine if someone could look at you and know, oh, she's depressed and these are the words that she needs. Mm-hmm. See how helpful that could be? Mm-hmm. And so um I seen death on my brother. Mm-hmm. Me and my brother like this. Shout out to him, SOE. <laughs> and um I told him I said it was in the middle of the night and I was scared of this is when I was coming into him into accepting my gifts. I said, um, hmm, that was weird. <laughs> I was like, was that like a dream? But I was woke. What, mm-hmm. what was that? I didn't know what to do with that, that, what I saw. And I had saw my brother in a red car and he doesn't drive a red car. Um, but um, he had a gunshot wound to the, his head and blood was leaking out of his head. And um it was in it was like I was him in the dream. Mm-hmm. Like you have an understanding to what's happening without anything being said. So it's like it could all it could almost have no audio, but your understanding, your brain is understanding what's happening. Uh-uh. You either got it, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I called him. I said, "Hey, I I, I had a dream that um because." I don't be wanting to explain all all of the whole logistics of what's going on. Like, oh, I had a psychic vision because I'm still figuring it out, you know, at that time at least. And so I said, I had a dream, you know, you had got shot and um, you just need to be careful. Watch your surroundings. Stop whatever the fuck you're doing. Cut it out. He said, damn. <laughs> He's like, I'm too hot for this. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to roll up again. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, do what you do. Got off the phone. Mm-hmm. Months and months later, my brother mm-hmm. got shot. Mm-hmm. He was in a red car. Mm-hmm. It was a girl, a girl that he was with car. Someone he didn't know at the time when I had told him about this vision, and um, he was messed up pretty bad. Uh-huh. He, uh, they found the police found him, like over a, a fence. He was trying to, you know, get to someone's house to get help or whatever, and um, whoever was trying to, you know, in, kill him mm-hmm. and him. I don't know how to word that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, they had followed him, so he was trying to get away. The girl was driving. She also got shot as well. Um, she's okay. And um, there was one more person in the car that they left him. Let me say, let me be clear on that. They left him to die. Mm-hmm. And um, he said that he remembers sitting in the car. And this is this is what blew my mind because when I called him, I just said, "Hey, I had a vision. I had a dream that you got shot and you was in a red car. Mm-hmm. You know, be careful, watch your surroundings." When he told me what happened, he said that he rem- he blacked out and when he woke up, they were gone. You know, and um, he was in the passenger side of the car. They had shot the tires because they had like chased them. It was right. real dramatic, real dramatic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, he said that he just remember looking down and he just saw blood gushing. He didn't know where he was exactly hit. He got shot several times, so he didn't know exactly where he was gushing from because it was just so many different holes, mm-hmm. bullet wounds. And he said he just remember looking down and it was just all all everywhere. And the way he described it was exactly what I saw. It was exactly what I saw. He said after that he blacked out. He woke up again. He was just in and out of consciousness, tried to, like, get to help and, you know, that's how he ended up on, stuck on the fence. His coat got stuck on the, you know, the, the p- pointy things. Yeah, yeah, pointy, yeah. Point, pointy things. And um, anyways, 
months after he recovered, he said he got out of the hospital. Um, he went through so much trauma during that, just having hallucinations and everything because he was in a coma. So they had him, you know, doped up. And it was just very uh, a long healing journey for him. But afterwards, mm-hmm. he um, was recovering at my house. And he said, hey, fool. <laughs> he was like, you remember you called me about that dream? And I didn't keep up with it. You know, like I was, I told him left alone. That was, that was the last time I had thought about it. And, um, he said, you remember that dream you told me about? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh shit. He's like, what else you see? <laughs> and I'm like, look, I'm not a genie. Right. That ain't how it, it works. Don't pop, like, <laughs> it don't pop up like that. Yeah. yeah. And so like, that was the moment for me where I realized that there's something bigger, a bigger calling on my life for mm-hmm. me to help people. And I, I just kind of seen and understood how it's intertwined with mental health. Because my brother getting shot, it actually sent me into a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. I had a psychotic break. Mm-hmm. And it was public. Oh. And, yeah, it was very public. And it was very embarrassing. Um, not in the moment, because I, I wasn't there. I, uh, I wasn't it's there. embarrassing now? Yeah. It, it, it <laughs> Or do you look at it as like it had to happen? It definitely had to happen. Now I'm I'm in such a different place. Yeah, 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 because I understand why it happened, what it meant, and all of that. Like how you were saying, um, your mom had her break. Mm-hmm. That was it was like that. I understood. Oh, that was what was happening to me. It was a spiritual fight mm-hmm. that was going on, and I wasn't supposed to actually step into my gifts. You know, mm-hmm. I, that's not what the devil or you know whoever. The hater. Evil, you know, the hater. hater. Yeah. <laughs> Wanted. And so it was too much for me. Mm-hmm. It felt too big. If, if if I didn't know what was going on with me, I felt like I was going crazy for real. It, it felt so thick. Mm-hmm. And so now when I have these visions, I take them so serious. I take them so serious. And my mom and my grandmothers always say, um, you know, don't, don't let your gift. If you don't use your gift, it'll turn into a curse. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah, yeah. And they always told me that. And I just said, whenever I got my gift, not to make this sound like a witch movie, <laughs> but I was like, whenever I get my gift, <laughs> I'll be ready. But no, I was not ready. Uh-huh. It, it's it's way more than anything I could have ever prepared for. And that's also why I feel like diagnosis equal some type of gift. It links with your Link, spiritual yeah. gifts. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I know that was live. <laughs> no, no, because I was going to ask, like, oh, well, maybe I'm schizophrenic. <laughs> but no, because, <laughs> no, like, um, how you said you basically have awakening dreams. Yep. Mine only happen in my dreams. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what, like, do while you know, I'm asleep. Do you know the differences between, like, clear audience? Uh, that's um when you're able to hear voices. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like there's there's that's what my many mom different ones. Hearing voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's many different ones and I don't know yeah, all it's like, of them. Uh, Claire Claire Audient, uh Clairsentient. I think that's like that's touch. Mm-hmm. And um Claircognizant and Clairvoyant. I think Claircognizant and Clairvoyant from what I know it sound like the same mm-hmm. or it's like almost the same thing mm-hmm. and that has something to do with like actually being psychic if you pay attention to them it's almost just like the the uh, taste touch you yeah, know what i mean yeah. Five yeah yeah five yeah. yeah so um your dreams if you if you're someone that sees them do um in, only in your dreams that's mm-hmm. a certain word and i'm sorry i don't know that yeah uh, because like i said i'm, I'm still it. learning yeah, <laughs> google, google it, it. <laughs> tiktok it they might got yeah. it you know they got but it. um 
when you have them in your dreams, it means that you are a certain something. And like I said, I'm sorry that I, I can't mm-hmm. give you that information. And I really do hope that you figure that out so mm-hmm. that you can know how to utilize and how to, you know, pour into yourself so that you're not so drained when you get those. But they be so accurate. No, I be tired when I wake up because mm-hmm. I feel like I be in another world. Mm-hmm. Another and, realm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was uh one time. What is it? You know, astral project. Yes. Yes. Girl, I had, well... <laughs> dream supposedly <laughs> so i had a dream that um i got up my i got up and got out my bed and my baby was sleeping in the bed with me but my four-year-old met me in the hallway mm-hmm. and she was like come here mommy come on come on but we were in the hallway in our house and like i walked to the room and i was trying to wake my seven-year-old up but she didn't wake up and so i kept going like back to I guess my body. And so the next, well, I had to force myself to get up to actually check on Mm -hmm, my mm seven-year-old because it felt like something was wrong with Mm -hmm. her. And come to find out she had a nightmare, but she did not wake up throughout the nightmare. She told me the next day. But then the the four-year-old, I was like, "Uh, Jordan, did you see me last night? And she was like, yeah, um, you was putting the baby back to sleep. She said basically putting her sister back to sleep. And I was like, oh, okay. But I was. So, like, when I got up after I checked on the seven-year-old, I went back to the room, mm-hmm. and the baby was waking up because it's what she wasn't sleeping throughout the night. Mm-hmm. She was still mm-hmm. sleeping with me, and I had to rock her back to sleep. So, it was just like, oh, okay, so you did see me. But I ain't say nothing else to yeah, her. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, oh, okay. Like, oh, oh, damn. So, we did see each other. <laughs> we did see each other. <laughs> yeah. It was creepy, and it was, like, another time um, I was asleep, and one of my aunts, she just, like, recently passed. Mm-hmm. So, in the dream, well, in, when she was alive, she had, like, short hair. Mm-hmm. And it stopped, like, right here in, like, a bob. Oh. And uh, <laughs> it was, like, blonde. Mm-hmm. So, in the dream, it was, like, her hair from, like, real life. Mm-hmm. And then in the dream, the other side was, like, long and mm-hmm. white. And in the dream, she, like, told me she was proud of me and that she loved me. But we didn't have a close relationship at all. So we didn't talk. And I always thought she didn't like me. Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing is what made it even more crazier is that for me to wake up out of the dream, the doorbell had rung. But the doorbell never worked. (gasps) And I woke up. And I was like, what? So I decided to, like, look out the window, but I didn't see nothing. Mm-hmm. So I thought, like, somebody was, like, dropping off a package or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then I went back to sleep. And then I got up out the bed when I actually woke up mm-hmm. and then saw, like, a feather sitting on the car. And I was like, oh. Was it white? It was white. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay. Like. Special delivery. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it was so weird. And then I had another aunt that passed, like, before her. Mm-hmm. And then I had another dream. We were, like, in a baseball field and the aunt that passed before her she was like rubbing my head and we was just chilling smiling but before she actually passed she was like calling me but I kept missing her call so I called her back she missed my call and then she called back but we were like playing phone tag and then like after that she like died so I don't know if that was like her way of like you know trying to talk to me one last time but she did ended up writing me and the last thing she wrote me on Facebook messenger was like she loved me and then yeah that was yeah yeah, I mean, yeah. Right now, I'm uh, right now I'm really into trying to figure out how to connect with people that have passed away. Mm-hmm. Not in a Ouija board type type of way. Yeah. I just mean that like, <laughs> I'm curious to who my spirit team, my spirit guides are. Yeah. I'm curious to know like because I my sister passed. Yeah, and um, that was my very first death 
all my people still alive, my grandma, my great grandma, everybody, everybody that's in my life, um, in my family that's connected closely to me, they're still alive. So my sister passed. That was the very first person. Mm-hmm. And I was asleep when I got the call. My phone was blowing up, and I was asleep, and I woke up, and I answered the phone. I'm like, what's up? They was like, have you heard about your sister? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's she doing now, child? I ain't got no money. Ain't nobody got, don't ask me to borrow nothing. I ain't uh-huh. got it. And they was like, she's gone. Mm-hmm. Where? Where'd she go? She's <laughs> she's dead. And I just wanted to talk to her. Mm-hmm. And um, her last message to me was, life is so crazy. Um, I just want you to know I love you. Mm. And I said, why'd she say that? Why did she say yeah. that? You know, like, you don't feel things for no reason. And I just kind of feel like she knew that mm-hmm. she was about to go. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I don't never know, but I just wish I could talk to her. To, to I don't know. I don't know. Just yeah. I don't know. It'll just make it more real for me as far as spiritual gifts go and that you other You connect in the dots. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah. yeah. like, there's only certain things I know she would be able to tell me or, you know, I just I just want to make it real. Like, think, what I happens? Think, I think they send signs. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, my husband was in uh, Poland, right? Uh-huh. And. Oh, my kids was at school. You ever heard that saying, like, when you hear ringing in your in ear? Your ear yeah. That's like, you know. Someone trying to connect or yeah. contact you. Yeah. Girl, so everybody was out of the house and my baby was asleep. And I decide to have um, me time, mm-hmm. the personal me time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to do that, right? Uh-huh. So I did it. Mm-hmm. And then when I got done, I heard the ringing. And I was like, oh, my God. Y'all couldn't wait. <laughs> wait till I was done. I'm in the middle of something. I was like, y'all rude. Like, y'all rude. <laughs> no, it happens at the most inconvenient times. I'm it not going to lie. <laughs> it's like, why now? Like, what do y'all want? Yeah. I be talking mess. Me but too. I don't know. Like, sometimes we feel like I'm, I'm crazy, but mm-hmm. it's just like, all this stuff just not we not basic exactly we not basic yeah it's kind of disrespectful to even think that the human human beings doesn't have some type of connection with the earth or or with spiritual realm or you know because think of how nature works think of how everything works together Mm -hmm. and it replenishes itself and just it's it's way deeper it's way deeper and that's a different conversation yeah (laughs) it really is but we have to like wrap it up Mm -hmm. so my final question is what can what advice can you give to people who have a hard time struggling with uh bringing themselves back in from like a mental break or staying strong in general i think that my number one thing is to find a way to connect with yourself your true self not who you put on or who you've been used to being in front of people because we mask and we don't realize it because we've been doing it so long mm-hmm. or we were trying to please our parents and because you know our parents want us to act a certain way and we kind of get stuck in trying to be you know the scholar or you know this is my hard work or you know want us hold to up be. Yeah. yeah and um so my advice would be to find who you really are 
find who you really are if you don't know what that looks like try to go back to some hobbies you had in high school or Mm -hmm. elementary if you were a journal or or writing or story time like whatever drawing whatever Mm -hmm. it was that you used to do as a kid I promise you that's the perfect way to start to connect yourself again and um, the reason why that's my advice is because everything that you need is really inside of you and you won't there's no advice that I could give anybody that's struggling mentally um, that would be better than to find a way to connect with yourself because we all are tapped in in some type of way whether we want to get real deep into it or if we want to just kind of stay surface level Mm -hmm. because you know what you need Mm -hmm. so like some people feel like oh I can't do this until I, I have this type of job or this type of house it's the same way when you change your perspective on what the what the things are that you do need so like if you want to be a better communicator or you're tired of being used or you you have abandonment issues start with why do you have those triggers Mm -hmm. what is it that you need from you Mm -hmm. that's my advice and also the resources that you need are really right in front of you yeah you just have to recognize them yeah as well yeah because sometimes we do get a little ungrateful and be like oh i just wish you know it was easier mm-hmm. yeah. and that would be helpful but you have to do the work mm-hmm. and the rest of pave is on way yep it'll yeah. all come together <laughs> well thank you for coming thank you I'm so, so much grateful for having that you chose me. to come out oh my god i'm so happy <laughs> it's like it's for real it's y'all. for real for real it's for real <laughs> real so thank you so much and thank you for tuning in to genuine talks and i look forward to seeing you guys again thank you for coming in (laughs) thank you you for tuning in to this week's episode i hope you enjoy your week and remember to stay genuine